All right, welcome back, guys, to Surviving Hollywood. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. I am Aaron Arnold. I am Austin Arnold. And today we were joined by the illustrious and fantastic Southern boy himself, Mr. Ben Dukes, who is an actor, musician, and dare I say philanthropist? Well, he's still with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Philanthropist. I pour pennies everywhere I go. Sure. So what can we expect from this episode? Because this was a really good one. Well... Uh, ben here is a uh, big advocate for SAG-AFTRA. Of course. He ran for office I did. this year, and uh, he's also an actor. He worked with Craig Ferguson. He's been on What If with Renee Zellweger. Superior Donuts. Superior Donuts, a sitcom, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. A lot of cool stuff right there. And he was also on tour and performed on Craig Ferguson, which is uh, Yeah, awesome. I did those things. Yeah. So we know him as an actor. That's how we met him. And then, so in the first... 20 minutes of this podcast, we dive deep into SAG-AFTRA because he's not only on the committee, he has many ideas. Um, and he also talks about uh, where our money's going and how we can get more money and more jobs, which is important to all of us, right? I learned a lot. So we transitioned from that into acting, into how we came up, and I think it was a really good episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Ben is a cool dude. Uh, Again, like you said, we met him in acting class, and uh, he really breaks down the importance of being union and going uh, solidarity, I guess, with the union, right? Yeah, all about solidarity, man. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me. Ben, give us a call to action, then we'll roll right into the beginning. Just a call to action? Yes, right to the fans. Check me out at Ben Dukes, Twitter and Instagram. That was a plug. Yeah. All right. And also, thank you for the whiskey, by the way. Enjoy the episode. You're welcome. I thought that was what you meant. If you want to go back and redo it, I'll give you a did i did just run for local sag board and did not get enough votes uh to make the board but i got 1400 votes it's pretty good though which for a guy that nobody knows who he is that's not bad do you advertise for that do you uh, campaign for that it's weird man like we you do but you don't like there's certain rules around what you can do and um you i put a lot of stuff out on social media right hey vote for me vote for me vote for me but if you want to try to reach out to the rest of your union brothers and sisters out here in L.A., yeah. it's going to cost you a lot of money to be able to send one email to be able to talk to people and tell you who you are. So they put a they have a pamphlet that they put out that you're able to put a, um, a statement in. So I put a statement in, you know, and did that. And then I was fortunate enough to have a couple of people who are in leadership that that were having articles written about them or sending their own promotional things out that mentioned me as somebody that, that people should be interested in listening to. And what was to. the take? Why would people vote for you? What they say about you? Uh, just that I have a, a new perspective, a fresh perspective on the way things are, are run and that uh, I have a, a mind that is focused forward towards the things that we need to be watching out for as technology changes and as the industry changes. And Hey, this would have been a controversial uh, uh, slogan for your campaign. 
Ben Dukes is going to shake up the union with his Confederate mentality. <laughs> I, I imagine that would have been. That would have been great, man. I could see you standing very heroically in like a Confederate flag just waving in the back. I'm sure it would have been you know? fantastic. Yeah, that would, have, that would have sent me straight to the bottom. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> Polarizing. Ben is very progressive, but yeah. he is from the South. But any, any attention is good attention, yeah? I don't know no? that that's accurate. <laughs> I don't know that that's accurate. So what were, you, what were you standing for? Like, what were you hoping to change, and why did you decide to run? Okay, so we all want better contracts, right? Well, why I decided to run is different from what I was standing on, right? Okay. I, I, I decided I wanted to be involved with, uh, with governance and the way that the union runs by going, starting to go to meetings. You know, I've been in, in sag after for, well, I've been in SAG since 2002 and sag after since they merged in Whoa. 2012. And for the longest time, I never attended meetings. I never really paid attention because SAG was just this sort of amorphous thing above my head that, hey, that's, you know, they negotiate for us. And Were you part of AFTRA or? I was just part of SAG. Okay. And then once we merged in 2000, uh, 2012, um, SAG after, right? That's what we are now. So, by the way, how much did it cost back then? When I first to, joined, to join seventeen fifty. I, I hate pennies. Seventeen. Oh, okay. I thought you mean like seventeen dollars and fifty. <laughs> I was like, whoa. No, seven. That's 17, expensive, dude. Seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So about half. Yeah, I, what yeah, it is yeah now. A, little, a little under half what it is now. I think yeah. it's three thousand now. Yeah. 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 It's like thirty something. A little over half. A little, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's what I meant. Cool. Um, but I. Um, I, w I started going to meetings and listening to people talk and, and just my eyebrows started to raise a little bit about the way things have gone down and the way things have changed over the years, the way the contracts have changed. Does SAG actually help or are they just a bureaucracy filled, uh, you know? Aaron's is really like, here's the wants thing. to attack them. No, 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 I just don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm part of the union. You and, are. And obviously when I work a union gig, uh -huh. which is every gig I work now. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they, Solidarity, bro. Yeah, why these guys laugh? But uh, <laughs> the way you said it, yeah. <laughs> Let me get, fill you guys in on a little secret. No, no, They're no, all no. obviously union. if you're in the union, that's the that's the deal you make. That's rule number one. Yeah, um, but like literally. But then they're saying I can't work these other things. Um, so then I kind of feel like, oh man, you know, that's like I wish I could work these other things. Just do you? I would Sometimes. just I, I would rather work than not work, right? I I understand that I, I do. Um, now, let me, let me ask just for a little clarification on your question of do they actually help versus are they just a bureaucracy? I know there's, I mean, I know it's not either or, but I'm just saying how much of it do they, I've, I've been to the office, huge building. Do we need a building that big? Um, interesting tidbit, not our building. Oh, yeah? We only have a couple floors? Mm -hmm. Oh, we, we rent. The, we have the sign. We rent, which is interesting, but that's, that's a talking point for parties in the, I think in the union that do I don't really probably care about. need it, though. But yes, uh, yeah. um, we do have to have a lot of staff, okay? The staff fill a lot of different uh, holes for us, doing a lot of different things mm -hmm. as far as you have negotiating staff, you have staff that are dealing with uh, problems on set daily, you have staff that are helping with membership, that are helping with organization, that are helping with a large number of the issues that, to be honest, a bunch of actors don't want to try to sit around and do. Right. Right. We want to be acting. So we have a lot of staff that handle those things. They write the, the magazine. They publish the website. They publish all of the, the, um, the social media and all that. Staff's doing a lot of stuff for us that are essential pieces of union operation. Um, 
So, so why, uh, does, how does it need to get better then? What can, what can we improve? Okay, so uh, a lot of people have grievances as far as how our contracts have evolved or not over the years. Um, a lot of people might be surprised to find out, like for instance, um, a meal penalty, right? You go past your six hours uh, without eating on a set, yeah. um, and you go into that first half hour and you get a meal penalty. I love it. Do you know know how much it is? I don't know how much it is. $25. And then uh, then 35 the next half hour. Right, it's better than zero, right? You know what it was in 1960? $4. $25. Oh, Mm. okay. Well, obviously, the purchasing power of the dollar is a lot (laughs) less than 1960. Well, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. That's exactly the same, dude. (laughs) I'm saying the purchasing power, how much $1 gets you. Inflation is not real. So some people would find that interesting. Some people would say... Man, it's a shame that that hasn't evolved with even inflation. Because if it had, then your meal penalty be, would would be two hundred dollars. So back in the day, they were like, "Man, let me stack those meal penalties, man. <laughs> That's my rent for well, the no, month." Well, no, but but perhaps production was a little more or a little less likely to push into one, you know. Um, which some people say, ah, you know, it's a few minutes after six. Okay, fine. But if you if you look at every one of the things that labor has won over the years, it with that perspective then all you're going to do is set yourself up to be in a poor position. And that's easy to change if uh, people are for that. Like you could have, that's something you wanted to work it's, on. That's part of negotiations, right? And so if you look up and down our, um, our contract, our collective bargaining agreement, our codified basic agreement is what it's called, um, with, with film and TV, there are a number of things throughout there that are always going to be battles. You're going to sit down with the producers and you're going to say, we want this. And they're going to say, okay, well, we don't want to give you that. So what are we going to do? How are we going to find our, our like what specifically might that be? Right. Like uh, what, 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 what could that potentially be like a sit down and you saying like, Oh, we want this. And they're like, no, well that like we want to, okay. So what we'd like to do is update our meal penalties from the 1960 rate to something that is more, uh, makes more sense for 2019. We need to bring this forward to $2019. Okay. Well, if you do that, they're going to sit there and they're going to look at all of the money that they spend on meal penalties and they're going to multiply that times, Eight and a half, which is pretty much what that is. Uh, and they're going to say, wow, we're going to be spending a whole lot more money. So if we're going to do that, now we're going to have to ask for something that the actors are going to give up. Okay. So maybe, you know, they'll have to look around and figure out what, where, where another expenditure is that they're already spending money so they can recoup some of that loss when they make this. But what else Different. besides that issue? What else were you trying to... I mean, that wasn't even... That wasn't a specific issue. It's just negotiation. It's just I'm looking at it and going, man... Just an example. Seems, yeah, it seems like people <laughs> over the years, like the contracts have gone kind of squirrely in some areas. And in some areas, they haven't. I mean, I think a lot of people know that that the, the commercials contract has been a big source of contention for the last six years or so. I remember that was a big thing longer. for right. a while. Right. And non-union production and all of that started happening. Um, I think you guys have talked about that before. So this past year, we came, we developed a new commercials contract that brought in new opportunities because instead of... The uh, Green New Deal, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great. Um, no, it was... Uh, the new commercials contract allows for um, some some... Not buyout provisions, because that's not what it is, but it's more of an upfront pay that offers more flexibility on the part of the buyers so they can control their costs a little bit better than sort of the, 
the method that we had before. They go, we have this much money to spend for that. You go, fantastic. For that amount of money, you'll get this many runs on, um, on networks. You'll get this many, this long on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And as you start to burn through those and use them up and go past, you're going to have to pay more money. That's the way it is. Right. That's part of what a union does or part of what our union does to protect the actors. So, yes, there are things that they are doing. Well, that came about because a lot of people like me and a lot of people who I know and, and talk to now and am dealing with in, uh, in trying to move forward with our goals um, sat down and started building matrices of how much, you know, of, of how they could attack this problem of runaway non-union production. And they asked non-union producers or they asked the advertising agencies what is it why is it why is it making it why why is it so difficult to shoot union they it's, started to find out the cost basis was a big issue ex- expenses that's the main thing well yeah, yeah. And, and the uncertainty of expenses and so they wanted to create a structure in which they could have more certainty and they did and it's been widely well received so you've noticed or sag has noticed an increase yes. nice yeah i mean we have we have companies uh prior signatories who left the contract who've come back to the contract that right there tells you it was a success are they worried they're going to be persecuted for <laughs> for going out doing non-union going against no no, no. What, what oh you mean the the advertising companies yeah yeah, yeah. oh i think i think that it was a thing of you oh, want, well, we you need them right always want yeah. to have the best talent just checking and we hold that you know sag after is the best performing talent in the world and so if you want access to it, you're going to have to be signatory. And if they said the only thing that was keeping us from doing it was the structure of the contract and we made one that makes sense to them, that's a win-win. So now they're back. It's cool. I have noticed a few more SAG spots, audition-wise at least. Yeah. Like yesterday I had one, but it was an industrial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, like at least there's like more. But I know that under the new contract, the rates seem like they're a lot lower. It depends. It, it depends on the specific contract because there's basically the way it's set up. There's different buckets, big layouts, and and some depending on where the spot's going to run, they just don't have as much money to be able to lay forth. But they go, okay, our budget is five thousand, our budget is ten thousand, our budget is twenty thousand, whatever it is. Um, they can then determine which one of those buckets their particular budget's going to fit into, and they can still have access to the talent. Mm. Hollywood, I think you made a mistake by not voting this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe least, two years from now. Maybe two years yeah, from now. Well, yeah. president by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, Ben, is it time for you to go ahead and address how you really feel about SAG and not them and not getting voted in? Go ahead. Hot take. <laughs> go ahead. There's no hot take, man. Well, wait, well, I, wait. I, I understand it. I Nobody knows who I am. And I got, like I said, I got 1,400 votes, which was amazing to me. That is amazing. Because um, like, you're the new guy. I, I am. I'm brand new. I've gotten up to speak at, I think, three different functions. So there's probably a hundred people who've actually seen me get up and speak. Um, About to be a hundred more after this hey podcast. Hey, yo! <laughs> 99, because one of them's me. Yeah, that's, hey. that's true. That's fair. It's, it's still something, dude. My mom can't vote. My uh, mom will vote. <laughs> yeah, but well, no. What well, would have been the first order of business if you actually did win? Oh, I mean, if I, if I, if I was on the board? Yeah. I have some ideas as far as our technology things that we can do there um, to, for me, what is the hardest thing? Let me ask you guys this. What do you wish that sag did for you? Tell you right now. More. Tell you right now. If I was voted in to the office, first things first, vending machines on all the floors. <laughs> Thank you. Vending About time, machines. man. About time, dude. I like it. For, for me. Do you guys have a serious Free answer? chocolate pudding 
at lunch. Oh, dude, now you're crossing. I, I have a serious answer in the fact that like I'm a simple guy. <laughs> to me, I it's it's nice to have the magazine. It's nice to to have all that. But I guess just, I mean, simple protections of you know uh, making sure that actors aren't taken advantage of. Like okay. like the main job of any union. Mm-hmm. Other than that. What, what do I need? I don't know. Okay. I, I would say, real serious answer, uh, I wish that they helped you find work. Uh-huh. That That's is the biggest thing. 99% of people, when you say, what do you wish the union did for like, you, it's helped me find more jobs. Typical unions across the country, like they usually will help the people a part of the union actually find employment. Right. But SAG doesn't do that. Like they give you Correct. tools. There's tools. Like you can take free classes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily help you solidify a job. I I, I think that would, well one thing I think would be really cool is uh, so I'm a member of the uh, TV Academy now, mm-hmm. and they threw a mixer, but not with just actors. Mm-hmm. It was like producers, directors, writers, and then like it was cool to sit there and connect with people that can actually employ me. Mm-hmm. You know, because hanging out with a group of actors, I mean, what what's that going to do? You know what I mean? It doesn't really. You know what I'm saying? They, they it should depends. Have more f- it can do some things. Great I mean, Instagram. You've picks. had some. You've had some great guests on here that you've talked to that you've worked with, and you guys have worked with in the past that are now creating their own shows and doing their own things. And you True. guys will get a bit of, like opportunities because of that. So, I, I don't. I don't. You know. Um, I mean, it's it's good in a sense, mm-hmm. but certain aspects of it. But like a lot of guests that were on here were from the, I met from the, the TV Academy mm-hmm. events. You know what I mean? So let me say this. Uh, Take yourself, rewind yourself back, uh, however far it was, to the moment that you joined SAG-AFTRA, okay? Scared. Now, imagine, if, you, if you're like a lot of actors, you went, you handed in that check, or whatever, and they're like, thanks, and then you walked out the door, and you're like, that, that was it, huh? And then you get this big packet. It's like, here's all the rules, and here's your card, and come to an orientation one day. Yep, exactly. So what if instead of that, that first month that you were in the, in the union, you were invited to a brunch, and you went to that brunch, and at that brunch, there were a couple of celebrity actors, and there were a couple of casting directors, and there were a couple of celebrity directors, and there were a couple of big-name writers and show creators, and all that the entire brunch was there to do is to welcome all of the new actors from that month into the union. And say, hey, we're celebrating you. We're glad you're here. Here are some people and that you can meet and talk to today, start to forge relationships with, and sit down and talk to and eat with, and break bread, and have conversations. They're eating at our tables? Yes. It's <laughs> not a dais. Okay. That's, I was imagining a dais. <laughs> no, no, it's not a dais. Okay. They're there, and there's, you know, there's, Full ten, there's 10 people sitting at a table. I mean, it's that sounds appealing. Whatever. Sounds appealing, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds was, better than the, the method now. Right. So that's one of the ideas that I've had. And hopefully through committee service, because um, I've been so far put on two committees and I'll see if you know, I've applied for a few more. What are the committees? Uh, the technology committee here in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles local and the organizing committee. So um, organizing committee is of course uh, geared towards procuring new jobs, new work, organizing um, shows that aren't union and getting them to go union. Nice. And then technology is a brand new committee that was created this year, right after the election at the first uh, LA board meeting, which is focused towards further developing the tools that we have as a union to get our members more jobs, 
and to help prevent them from being as exploited as they are in the tech world out there for actors. You guys all know how those how casting sites run and and how you know there's different tools and things that are available. Oh, but only at a you know minimal subscription cost for people. Which you know if you're getting co-stars and guest stars on shows and you you probably got the money, you don't care. But the brand new actor that's coming into the business and trying to figure his way out, you know, that's some of those things are out of reach. Are you trying to, are you, are you, when you say that, are you talking about like finding a way to make, let's say, actor access or LA casting free for there, people in a sense? Or? There have been proposals for those sorts of things. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about all that stuff. Aren't they a business? I mean, don't they set the rates? Or? Yeah, because they're not really technically part of SAG. That is true. Discount, so maybe if you're a SAG member. They do for like IMD Pro has like a right. discount. So does Actors Access. Oh. oh, that's right, they do. That's right. Yeah. LA Casting is so the only one that's... There's there's ways for us to forge those kinds of relationships, and there's, you know, uh, ways for us to, to try to prevent the exploitive nature of some of those things from catching on. Uh, and we're hoping that as we develop our technological abilities that we can start to um, cut into some of that. So, so how, do you, how do you guys feel you can actually get more work for people? Um, like what's an actual like method? The brunch. You, well, just make more things sag and then people would have more work. If I mean, there's more opportunities. That's one way, but yeah. that's one way. And in doing that, you know, another thing we were talking about uh, is some of the contracts that we have that currently exist. People can't stand the fact that, you know, you go and, we have contracts that under the union you can go and get paid $125 to act for a day, which uh, a, gr a gentleman made a great point at one of our meetings, which was, look, I, I paid $3,000 to join the union. I don't want to work for minimum wage. Mm. Why did I pay three grand to join this union if I got to work for minimum wage? So I understand that. And um, looking for ways to improve yeah. those contracts and organize more work are ways that we can help to get more jobs for people. It's a double-edged sword because, like, yeah, one twenty-five a day is not a lot, but then, like, those productions that are small that don't really have a lot of money, mm -hmm. they won't be able to hire SAG actors if it's not. You know what I'm saying? The question, though, is in a situation where you get, like, a SAG-modified low-budget something where everybody's working for $125 a day, except yeah. for this guy who we paid $50,000 to be here for two days. Right. That's not right. Yeah, you know that I understand. Oh, it's Eric Roberts. <laughs> yes, I know it's Eric Roberts. Actually, right? he's only five thousand a day. All right. No, but, but I, I, and I understand the thought of well, this guy's a celebrity, and maybe he'll bring some money to our project or something like right. that. Right. But uh, to me, if you're going to stand in solidarity with all your union brothers and sisters, you got to think, you know, why do I need? If I'm Eric Roberts, do I need a five thousand dollar day? Yeah, you probably do, <laughs> or else he's not going to do it. <laughs> well, he's not. Uh, well, we don't need to get into <laughs> no. It. Johnny's okay. worked with him. Um, Great guy. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, I'm um, sure he's a good guy. I'm nothing against him. And I'm saying, and I, and people have their quotes, and they establish them over years. And you want to, you want to honor that too. Right. Well, that, that was the that was the thing is like, but all of Hollywood is like that. So you can't really. I mean, what can you really do about that? You can't be like, hey, John, me and Johnny Depp are in the same movie. Why aren't we getting paid the same? No, not about you getting paid. I mean? It's not about getting paid the same. But think about this: if there's ten people in a film, you know, ten people in a film, and they have the the. Production has $6,000 per day to go towards talent. And they give $4,000 to one actor who's coming in for that day because that's the star name, that's the stunt cast they, they, should, they could get for that day, and everybody else makes a buck twenty-five. What if that guy makes two grand for the stunt cast? He's not doing it. Great. Get somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
nobody else is available. I mean, get a new guy, some new blood. Again, just again, kidding. the point is, it's not all about just setting rules. It's also about going out there and talking to people. When we were doing the commercials contract, we went out. Uh, there's a group called Union Working. I don't know if you've heard of these guys um, and ladies. Great folks, all of them. They are a grassroots um, anti-political uh, group in our union who pushed forward a lot of ideas during the commercial contract. Troublemakers, it sounds like. Yeah, true. Rebel rousers. <laughs> and they, uh, they went out and basically just started working their network of celebrity people they'd worked with over the years. And they got messages. You know, they got uh, people like John Hamm and, uh, and Stephen Root and um, uh, J.K. Simmons to come in and shoot videos about how important it was to remain in solidarity with the union, how important it was for them, how important the uh, the commercial actor, the blue-collar actor, the guy that's not a star is. And they, they put those messages together to put out to the uh, advertising companies to say, look, we're not backing down on this contract. Um, when we were uh, um, striking... Same thing. You know, we're not going to back down. This is what's important to us. And you got the celebrity names in there to do that. Didn't cost them anything, and they were willing to do it. Same sort of thing with this situation. If you can just reach out to those people who are making that that stunt cast fee for that day and go, look, we're not against you making the money, but these other people that are coming up behind you that are trying to build their careers, they can't eat on a buck twenty-five a day. Not in Los Angeles, California in 2019. So... You it's know, true. It's that sort of thing. It's true. Interesting. I feel I like it. it. I feel it. I, I, do I didn't realize you were this passionate. I mean, I knew you were running, but I didn't realize that you were this involved. <laughs> well, he's also drinking, so you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's going to get real good, Aaron. The, the truth gets out. Did you, no, did, cool. did you vote for our current SAG president? Ooh. Who is that? You're not allowed I, to ask those questions, dude. Oh, you're not? Why is this not? Well, I just remember who I, voted for I just remember, his business. I forget her name. If I heard <laughs> her, her name's Gabrielle Carter. That's she, right. Yeah. But she was already I, the president. Right? No, I voted for the other. I voted for is the, she an authoritative, authoritative leader? I mean, you can't say you didn't vote for her. I don't. I, hey, you, you know, don't have I to I think answer there's that. a fine American tradition of people's <laughs> votes being their own, is okay. what he was saying. See? Yeah. Oh. There you go, dude. That's true. So we know that you didn't. Is that? No, you don't. I, I, you don't have the answer. I'll say this. I'll say this because this is exactly what I did throughout the entire campaign. I remained extremely anti-political because what I hate right now and I don't understand in our union is there are two political parties that go at each other and go at each other's throats. Lib it, like, wait, like, with, like in the union, like liberal and conservative. Like no, not liberal and conservative. This is what's this is liberal what is and liberal. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, hardcore liberal and hardcore liberal. <laughs> um, no, so. There's these two groups, and one's called Unite for Strength, and the other one's called Membership First, right? And basically, the key to being elected to any position is being in one of those two. And that's, you have to be. You can't run independent? You sure can. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you don't uh, have the strength of members first behind you. You don't have a postcard that goes to every mailbox oh. in of the 70,000 members in the Los Angeles local that has the pictures of the stars of Membership First or Unite for Strength, and then all of the other names on the back, and both of those groups say, vote only for our people and none of the other people. And the group's ideologies, like, why are, how are they different? Okay, well, see, here's the thing. Unite for Strength wants better contracts and good working conditions 
Um, and to strengthen our solidarity. While Membership First wants to strengthen our solidarity with uh, good working conditions and better <laughs> contracts. So Very different. So you get the it. Difference. Yeah. So, you know, it's obvious to tell. Yeah. Now, if you talk to people that are in either party, the differences are huge. They're vast. And it's basically because a lot of the personalities really don't mesh. They don't like one another. Why do we even have these two parties for? What's the point? It all goes back to before the union, basically, before the merger, right? Um, and there have been a number of parties in our union over the years. Um, there's a book called Politics of Glamour. If you want to read it, go for it. Uh, but it'll start to teach you a lot about the governance and how things have gone over the years. But leading up to merger... Um, a lot of the folks who are currently involved with membership first were in leadership and they were against merger. The people who are in Unite for Strength were for the merger. Um, and you will find a lot of people who were in after governance and things like that before the merger are also in Unite for Strength. And um, USAN, which is like the New York branch, but Unite for Strength is LA. So once merger happened once once basically unite for strength was able to take control of the board and, and help get merger through which by the way voted for it makes sense to me it didn't make sense to not and i'm sure there's people that would still decry it to this day but to me we should all stand together as actors and negotiate one contract instead of two competing contracts with the same producers it doesn't make sense to me so um once that happened well ever since then unite for strength has been in charge Right? So ever since 2012, we've had the same leadership. So over here, you have Membership First, who was basically ousted. And then they will say that Unite for Strength has caused the degradation of contracts over the last seven or eight years. Unite for Strength will say that Membership First loused everything up, and that's why we needed merger, and so they've been slowly rebuilding. They don't like one another. They all want the same thing. And there's great people in both parties. But what I've noticed is... Folks like me, and, and if you guys get involved, and if any of the viewers or listeners here decide, oh, man, I want to get involved in this because I want to know what's going on in my union, and I want to be a part of the change, and I want to move, help move it forward, they will learn very quickly when they step in the door that one of the facets is if you don't join one of those two, it's less likely that you're going to get into a position to be able to make a change other than grassroots, which, is the, which for me, I love grassroots, um, involved with it. But... The people who are just coming in go, all right, well, I'm going to go with this side or I'm going to go with that side just because I want to get on a ticket and they've offered me because I happen to have a good lunch with that guy and he thought I was cool and now I'm in their party. Yay. Paid for lunch. Right. Now I'm in their party. Now all I hear is how the other side is terrible. So now all I just start is I start to develop this concept of these people Poison. are bad. Yeah, they're poisonous to the union and blah, blah, blah. But we are righteous and we are good. And it just, it builds more of the same crap that goes on I mean, in that's like, everyday America. It's like a microcosm for our, just the national Absolutely it is, which is ridiculous. Like, it's, you're not sitting here, I'm not sitting across the table when I'm at a, you know, with Unite for Strength or Membership First. It's not like I'm, I'm pro-gun and you're vehemently anti-gun. And I'm seeing, you're saying, you're going to want the children to die in the schools. And I'm like, no, I just want to protect myself from the government coming to get my guns. Like, that's not what it is. It's, I want better working conditions. So do I. You yell a lot. And nobody wants kids to die. <laughs> nobody does. Nobody does. Well, I went dark. That's true. I'm, no, no, I'm just saying. Like, just it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. I was joking. I know. 
No, that, I mean, I did, had no idea they even existed. So you That's did, interesting. So you did vote for a current president? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Austin really wants to answer that question. That's uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I was just our current of the of the SAG. Uh, oh, okay. If you did, because I did not vote for our other current president. Oh, uh, I it, went third party. For. If you did get elected, did too. Do you get? Is that a paying role? Do you no. get paid? No. So what is? What's the perk? Uh, for me, I know you're doing it for a good reason and that stuff like that, but it's almost better that they don't get paid, right? The biggest perk, uh, for me, and this comes from someone who is uh, extremely arrogant is that I can really trust at least one of the people in the room. Like, honestly, that's that's like, that's a huge perk for me because I would get to be involved in where the, where my union goes. I love being a part of this union. I've been very... Um, Should have wore the shirt today, dude. <laughs> Sagaftra. I got, the, I got the free shirt somewhere. Um, I got a mug that I drink what? a lot of coffee out of. Wow, it's messed up, dude. Saying. I was thinking you're going to bring a SAG gifts over here. I brought you a whiskey. That's yeah. true. That's true. It's the best SAG gift. Anyway. But uh, yeah, people in our audience, you know, they everybody who knows Ben now probably knows him as the, the righteous grassroots leader that... Uh, <laughs> We just talked about, but we know Ben as an actor. Right. I was about to say yeah. that they're all asleep right now. They're like, what's this guy been talking about for half an hour? They're like, Shut wow, up. No, this is interesting. Scared me. I'm never joining SAG now. Well, you can't because it's SAG after. Oh, man. Get it right, Johnny. Sorry, man. It's too long. Too there, are long. People, there are people that will crucify you for that. And I'm, it's like, I'm sorry. Who I'm, cares, man? Been in the union for a long, long time. That's what it says when on the casting, SAG. It does in a lot, right? Yeah. Anyway, because we still have some separate. So I'll take one more. So we, so Aaron was talking about. Not let's talk much. about Ben's acting career. So we yeah. met this guy. Um, obviously, you can tell just by looking at him. This guy probably Ooh. books work. I mean, this guy's casting this unbelievable. Guy's a, <laughs> a booking <laughs> animal. I am. Uh, I am what you call everyday American. Yeah. So we've done scenes with this guy, All but American. like, t- tell the tell the folks oh. at home some of the stuff that you've done. I'll take some because you've done a lot of cool stuff. Superior Donuts. I did do Superior. Who donuts. friend of the who for a uh, friend of the show? Uh, Dan O'Shannon was a co-producer on. Oh, excellent. Oh, really? For like uh, a season? I didn't know that. That's Which cool. season? Relatively. Uh, how many seasons of this? Two. Show? It went two. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. either first season and I never met him or second, maybe I did. I would assume one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We don't know. But I think you just came on for a few apps. So what was your role on okay. that? Uh, I was. This is a network show. Was you like a hipster? I was my, well, I was. Barbershop. Uh, first of all, I had That's a name. Right. Hipster Dan? My name was Denver. That's Close. a cool name. Yeah, dude. I know. It never got spoken in the episode, which I was like, <laughs> oh, that's sad. Because when I got there in you know, the dressing room, Denver. I was like, oh, that's fucking nice. that's cool. Uh, I was a um, professional beard washer. That's right. Yeah, not a not stylist. Not Just a washer. Beard washer. Yeah, we, uh, my, my shop was rated the number one beard washery in Chicago. Now, cool. did, did you go method on that in preparation or... <sighs> Yeah, well, this this I never had this beard before that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started growing it out that morning, and um, no, and, yeah, and you washed it. Yeah, and I washed it exactly. I don't, I, you know, I, it was that was a fun one because um, Jeff Greenberg was a, a casting director on that, and um, I remember going and in, going to the office, looking around. And it's funny because I rarely go into a place and I look around, kind of go, "Oh, look, there's a bunch of me here." That rarely <laughs> happens. You oh. know, usually I get the call for. There's me. Because you have a unique look. I mean, not a lot of people look like you. Right, right, right. I, I usually go and it's like me and then uh, somebody who's like Johnny's size and complexion with way more tattoos. 
and then a giant black guy. And I'm like, okay, so we're just going for just which one of these convicts do they want? <laughs> right? Cool. We can we can play that game. But I go in this one time, and I was like, oh, it's okay, bearded, Nothing but bearded hipster guy, bearded hipster guy, bearded hipster guy. Sweet. Let's do this. But I wore a vest. Ooh. <laughs> Honestly, I think the vest booked the role. Classic hipster move. Yeah, I did it. I wore the vest. And um, And at your audition, did you know that you killed it? I mean, did you feel good after? I felt real good about it. Um, But I I think I just felt good about the material period and just being able to play around and have fun. Did you improv in the audition? Nope. Okay. Stuck to the script and Mm -hmm. you killed the written word. You killed it. I must have. Yeah. I, you know, I I played it well. I think we, I think they gave me a second... uh, Take, but I don't recall it. And do you do anything special when you audition for that kind of stuff? Let us clue us into the your your technique or your insight when you like strategy. Your strategy going in. Okay. Um, bring whiskey to the audition. Bring whiskey to the audition, uh, and just pass it around and go. Hey guys, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. That's all that matters. Um, <laughs> just here to have fun. That'd be a bold move. Honestly, that might work. <laughs> if I was casting, I'd be like, who is this fucking guy? Get in here, Especially man. Like a, Get a, in a here. A nice bottle. You know, that's... Wish you were here at the beginning of this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I am late in the day a lot. Um, no, I, I just I just go through my preparation, and uh, I'm working now with um, Joseph Perlman, who I love, the teacher, great teacher. I have audited um, that class. Zoe Deschanel. Very good. Went through that class. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I see on the pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> it's an on-camera type thing, or uh, his class is unique in what I've seen, and that's um, so you're you basically do you work every class, and you don't have a scene partner or anything like that. You basically just bring in you know what what you're working on. Either it might actually be a live audition that you have coming up, you know, a couple of days later or whatever. And you could bring a scene, or it's just what you're working on. Yeah, yeah, no, you can bring you can bring whatever you want into the class. It's up to you, and you're going to hand it off to uh, whoever you want to read it, and you have them read the other role, mm-hmm. and then you do your work. And um, but you know, Joseph always asks, which I like, which is, how do you want to work on this? What is this? What are we doing? I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be. Uh, I'm going to work on this like a pre-read. You know, I'm going to work on this like a table read. I'm going to work on it like a booked role. You know, because depending on where you are in the process, you might have just had. You know your your second callback for a feature or something like that, and and uh, the next thing is going to be a let's say a um, what is it a synergy read or whatever you know uh, chemistry uh, yeah chemistry read between you and the uh, other actor synergy is more of the corporate culture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chemistry read so um, you you know you might want to be prep it like a booked role for that situation so you drop your script you don't have it on there and uh, you do the whole thing just like you're playing a scene out. Whereas maybe somewhere where you have issues is is going into a room cold. Like you don't you just don't perform well walking into a room and doing an audition. All right, I want to read this. I want to do this like it's a first audition going on tape for the casting office or whatever. And he'll build the the session around that. You know. Um, and you would recommend Joseph Perlman, Perlman class to a friend. Oh, you, absolutely. You I, like I do recommend it to, to, to people. And use Ben's code and get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it flashing on the bottom of the screen. That's right. Um, cool. But yeah, so so basically, uh, his technique centers around, or I say his technique, but uh, what he teaches uh, centers around basically um, living in your character skin and, and finding what it is that's driving that character at that moment that's going to kick off kind of the the scene, uh, as it were. And I listened to the to the podcast, and Johnny was talking about. Um, a teacher he's been working with out in New York who's like, figure out what this is and and kind of a proverb or what the nut of the scene is and then play that. 
very similar idea. Yeah, you you know? He calls it a, a hook, right? That's what yeah, Joseph calls yeah. it as a hook. And the funny thing is the number of times I've gone, gone through it and my hook is completely unrelated to anything in the script. It's unrelated to anything. It's completely out of my imagination. And, and give us an example of a hook. It would be a <laughs> like sentence? A, like a verb or a phrase? Um, uh, so suck on this was one. Yeah. Um, Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and it was weird because the I, I can't remember exact, exactly which scene that was from, but he's asked, okay, and if you were where where would that be coming from? You know, where is that coming from? And I was like, Well, where else would it be coming from? Tip of my yeah. you know, and he's like, I love it. Let's so, so let me see that. So then I sat back in my chair. Unzip like, your pants. No, I didn't unzip my pants. <laughs> okay. But I but I but I, you know, had a stance so that, you know, if, if it was talking, this is where it would be. You know, and, and and then it was like that's how I kicked it off, and I kept saying that phrase over and over. And then when we started the scene, I was in a place, like emotionally, I was in a place, and my body was in a place, and the scene flew. You know, and that's kind of the same sort of thing. I, I loved your example where you're like, I got here first. You know, it's, I was here first. It's simple to play. That's right. But everybody knows that. Everybody like, knows. hey, I, I was here first. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so, but I, a, I think I think it, I think it works. Like that sounds really cool. I, I think that works a lot because I think a lot of times actors try to like complicate things. Mm -hmm. And if you just simplify it to like one little thing, you're like, all right, the character just wants this or just playing this the whole time throughout the whole scene. It just carries you in different ways. I think, I think the problem mean? with me is I often choose as my phrase. I want to check. I want to get, <laughs> I want to get the role. <laughs> I want to, I want to book this. To book the role. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean, it, for actors out there that walk in the door like that. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. problem. She's like uh, a lot of desperation <laughs> yeah. in that take. Yeah. Huh? Cause yeah. it's not really a performance. I need this. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's bad. So you get on set, you're playing Denver mm -hmm. and it's something I like to do when I get on different sets, especially like, uh, you know, SAG network sets, seeing how like the, how they run. Was that, was that a, a high functioning set? Was everybody happy to be there? Yes, it was really, it was a lot of fun. And so much so that even, you know, you have a few days of rehearsal, you're doing your oh, yeah? different things. Oh yeah. And, uh, um, that was a sitcom, right? Yeah. yeah it was, yeah. was multi-cam. So you got a couple of days that you're there. Um, I think I got cast the day of the table read. So I didn't get to go to the table read. Um, they cast me, I was on the next day. And then the second day I was there, the script had changed and I got like more stuff and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Apparently I'm not doing a bad job, but, um, they gave you another line. Uh, yeah. Like they expanded. I was in a scene and then I was in two scenes and it expanded. Oh, and, yeah, it was neat. Um, but, uh, watching, um, uh, David Koechner and oh, he's so good. Oh, he's yeah, good. Yeah. Just yeah. watching him kind of go through his, his thing of, you know, how do I want to say this and how, and how would I play and how would this happen to this character? Not how would I play it, right. but more like how would he embody this? How is this moment going to affect him? And it was him yeah. and uh, Katie Seagal and they were going through this. And I'm just sitting there going, this is awesome. Just, you know, sitting back and watching and learning these guys. And then, you know, he comes over at Crafty and he's just chatting with you. We were talking about like the Chiefs game or something that was going on and his son was on set and mm. he ended up pulling a gag on his son while he was on set. And Classic stuff. David yeah. Keckner. <laughs> <laughs> I like him in Cheap Thrills. Did you ever see that? I like movie? him in The Office. Oh, what? The Office? Isn't he in? Yeah, he did a small part for yeah. one. Yeah, he was a guest oh, star. Okay, okay. He was so good in the guest star. You're thinking of Steve Carell, dude. The no. most. <laughs> did, uh, did Katie Seagull remember you from your small part on Sons of Anarchy? Who is Katie Seagull? Who is uh, she? Uh, yes. No, she was uh, not married with children. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she I was see. on Sons of Anarchy as the wife. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Married with children. I didn't see that one, but I know Married with Children. Also Futurama. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 
Yeah. She played the cartoon. Married to Kurt, right. Sutter, Kurt Sutter. <laughs> and now on Mayans. Yes. Is she? I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't seen it, but I figured. If she's Latina. I haven't yeah. seen it. I'm, I'm, uh, I am boycotting it until they call me in. Mayans? Dude, I've never been called. They need it. So. They need it. It's all. They there need a token is. white. Yeah, yeah. That's there's they, white people on the show. Ben token white show. biker looking guy. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's a good point. I'm not just the lovable union leader. I can also pick up a gun and ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Anytime where you start the sentence with "I can pick up a gun," <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna cast me. That's right. <laughs> I have one here. What so, was it? What was it like working on Sons? Uh, that was a fun day. Dude, I mean, I, I love that. I love that show. It was, I was a big fan of that show. Um, it was hot that day. What was your was What fun. was your part? I was uh, an, a member of the Sons of Anarchy. I was a member. It was hard. It was like it was a tough casting. It it's like not a, something I was exactly right Aryans. for. Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I can not. I don't even know how they could see that. <laughs> I don't at all. know how they saw it. Play yeah. what you know. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, it was a fun day, and you brought the Confederate flag to the audition. That a boy. That's how I did it. I, I wore Confederate flag jeans. Today. <laughs> really? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> don't even know where you would get those. Sell them on yourself. Texas. Um, but I love Texas. Don't be mad at me, Texas. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I remember um, Charlie Hunnam that day had been sick, mm. and uh, he was, you know, he was asking. Do you have some tea? <laughs> some honey, oh, dude. Really? He, he's from. He's English. Yeah, but you're doing proper English. <laughs> I know. Because he's got more of a cockney. Yeah. Newcastle. Whatever, dude. Would you like some tea, governor? Yeah. yeah it, was, it was random. Like, he, had, he had been sick, and then he came over. Oh, my throat hurts. During, like, one of the... Right. He came over during, like, a stop down, and he was talking to us, and he's like, hey, he goes, uh, you guys make sure you got your off, and he, like, calls the... the Sorry, what, a stop down? Lady over. Yeah, yeah. What is a stop down? What is a stop down? Yeah. Oh, it's like when they're changing their setups between shots. Ah, okay. Yeah, so he came over during a stop down. And he's he calls the um, the makeup lady or makeup artist over, and he's like, "Hey, do you have some bug spray for these guys? I want you know, make sure we get." And I'm just kind of looking at him like, "What what's going on?" And I guess he was he had recently had a bout with like Lyme's disease or something because he had you, a you never tick bite get, get that out like of that. you, Damn. yeah, or you know something akin to it. But he had, it was came from a you know, insect bug bite, bite, and he's yeah. like, "Don't mess around with this stuff." And so we're all just like. All right, just spraying this off on us like crazy. He's a cool dude. Friendly. Allegedly. I'm sure he's perfectly yeah. healthy now, ladies, okay? And then, he, and then he was snickering in the corner. I got those guys. I got those guys. <laughs> they, fell, they fell for my tricks. Okay. No, that dude's really good. I like that guy a lot. He's cool, man. man. He was really he's, nice. He's got some good movies. It was also nice to see them have to keep moving the motorcycles up like eight feet and then back eight feet and up eight feet mm. and then back eight feet for shots over and over and over. And you start to go, wow, this is movie. Wow, can yeah. we not green screen this guy? <laughs> <laughs> There's real bikes in these? Yeah, right. That's cool, man. So um, who else did you work with on the show? Um, I forget his name. Ron Perlman? No, Ron. Ron's was he dead, dead. already at that yeah. point? It was last oh. season. It was the final season. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that final episode then, man. I didn't really... And uh, didn't do it for you? Talking about Game that of Thrones? Ended, the ending. <laughs> <laughs> never seen Ga- never seen Game of Thrones. I know. So... No, <laughs> easy there, I'm, dude. I'm sweating. This guy's upset. There's no no Game of Thrones. Now, do you have a when you're on sets because you're a smart actor, Ben? I get that from you. <laughs> oh God! Like, so you're obviously the a number one goal: do a good job. Don't get in anybody's way. You mm-hmm. know, do do a great job. With don't them. get in anybody's way. That's the number way. one goal. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the. I'm saying besides that. Okay. Um, do you have like a goal of like making a connection with actors or directors or pro- the producers you respect? Is that a is that a, a strategy? I am. I am. Terrible at that. 
I really am. You seem like you'd be good. Yeah, you I, seem like you're a great guy to talk to. I, I, I like to have fun. And I, uh, I think it's not, it's not, it never is a goal, right? I, I had a weird one um, when I did What If. Um, we, the first night. What and for the folks at home. What is What If? Uh, what, if what If, yeah. Ne- what If's a Netflix show. Um, Renee Zellweger, Jane Levy. Oh, yeah, that one. one. Yeah. So I had a cool or a weird kind of experience. The first night we did that in downtown L.A., some seedy little hotel where we were shooting an exterior. And while they're shooting the different exteriors, uh, I end up in a room waiting with it's me and um, and Renee and uh, Did you recognize her? Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I recognize her. Um, Great actress. Believe it or not. Beautiful. She just looks different. She's fantastic. She's yeah. amazing. Um, she's so sweet. So it, the three of us sat in this room for half an hour while they're doing other shots outside the door and we're just kind of all chatting and talking and she's real sweet and she's talking about right then the fires were all going on right up on the hill. And so she had had to evacuate. And so she kept texting friends about, you know, how are things going and all this. And in my head, I'm just going, man, this, this is a really odd way to meet somebody that you, you know, really look up to and have respected for years. And our first conversation is like, oh, your house might burn down. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> how about that Jerry Maguire, huh? <laughs> you know, like it's Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hope you don't lose that You statue. came up to her and you were uh, like, you had me at hello. Yeah, right. No. Nope. like. You didn't quote just, any of her no, lines. No, but I tell you what, um, she was at the very end after we wrapped. It was like a week and a half later. We wrapped, and uh, she she came over to me. She goes, "And what was your name again?" I was like, nice. "I'm Ben Dukes." And she goes, "Well, the talented Ben Dukes. I'll be looking for it." And I was like, "You That's don't awesome. have to say that." That's so I nice. Th- she goes, "No, you're very talented." That's and I was awesome. Like, it's better than her saying, what was your name again? Ben Dukes. Pull my car around, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want. Really, dude, she was awesome. So, Did she give you any advice? Um, she was, we were talking about the work, right? It was, it was, it was me the best thing you can talk about. And her, right. And she goes, um, what was the exact wording? It was so funny because she was talking about the difference. Everybody was saying, you know, you're going in to do um, an episodic now. It's going to be, oh, well, it's a lot. It's scripts all the time and it's going to be difficult. Da, da, da. And she just goes, um, she goes, but honestly, this, this crew and everything, they've made the work so easy for me. The writers have been, it's been fantastic writing. It hasn't been difficult to get into. I'm really trying to be a responsible actor, but I just don't have to. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's the most <laughs> amazing thing to hear from somebody. And I think it spoke to kind of the, um, the really cool collabor- collaborative nature of the show and of our art. And sometimes, you know, we do as actors have to, have to put a lot of work in to try to get every moment that we can mine out of something. But either that or maybe she's just fantastic and she's so so many levels above all of us that she looks at a difficult piece of material and she's like, eh, I can do this. She was awesome. And she finally followed you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> because, like, you knew who she was, is that one of your most exciting things that you consider you've done, like, acting-wise? Uh, I mean, as far as acting, I mean, God, on Spear Donuts, it was with Judd Hirsch, which, you know, comic legend. That yeah. was awesome. Uh, you've also been, done Craig Ferguson. Who is Judd Hirsch? Kumian, guys. Is he the guy from Independence Day? Yes. I don't remember. Is I don't he? know who yeah. he is. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. He was in Taxi. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He was the father in Independence Day, yeah. right? Uh, he was really funny. The Jewish oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Now. Don't be afraid to ask the question if you guys don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Because you so, recognize the name, but anyway. Right, right. So, um, he was great. Yeah, and Craig, Craig, God, I owe so much to Craig Ferguson. Um, he was... He was one of the best late night hosts at the time, and you got to work not only... For him, with him, but you were on the show. Yeah, I was on. I got invited on the show as a couple times, musical couple guest times. twice, and I I was in um, two different show opening bits. Yes, and I was sketches in a sketch. Yeah, so 
he was awesome. And and I don't know what it was really. I mean, I remember the moment um, that he first kind of took notice of me, and that was um, Christina Applegate was a guest on the show. And I was just doing my job at the time. I was uh, My day job was um, audience coordinator, right? So I was kind of standing around in the audience. And did you know him at all, like have a conversation with him at that point? I had never had a conversation with him. He had walked past me in the hall and said hello, you know, and we're both – you know, bigger, taller guys. So like just that eye to eye, like, ah, how you doing young man? Blah, blah, blah. Nice. And, walking by. and he'd always make it, he'd always do his voice like, rah, 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 for some reason, he'd walk <laughs> by. he's joking around. But, um, so this guy in the audience yells out and he's like, Oh, love you. Uh, Kelly Bundy like that. And so what, I, what's wrong with that? Yeah, nothing. nothing. One time's okay. Five times. Yeah. No, it's just a distraction. And like, we, we tell the whole, or we used to tell the audience beforehand, like, don't yell things out. And specifically we'd be like, don't yell out things like, oh, I love you, or I want to have your baby, or stuff like that. That stops the show. Right. So this guy did it. So I <laughs> threw him out. And nice. uh, it's funny, because you can watch, you see the episode. They didn't cut any of it out, so you hear, I love you, Kelly Bunny, or whatever, and she just kind of looks up and reacts. And then a few seconds later, Craig kind of opens his eyes big, and she, you know, uh, Christina's kind of like, whoa, see ya. And he's like, they're throwing him out. Like, <laughs> you can't just give him a warning. Like, it feels a little yeah. excessive. Like it wasn't like he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck you." Yeah, you it's, know, you know, you make judgment calls, and in that moment, like this, this was a guy I'd already had my eye on. Like there, other things had kind of happened. So, it, you know, you do that job for a little while, and it's kind of like a, you wanted your job. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of like you know bouncers and everything. Like they clock people when they walk in a door. You know, it's like I'm gonna okay, I'll keep. So you have a one strike rule. Is that what you're saying? In that situation, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with a well-placed woo, right? Woo, woos are great. Short, simple. You know, as long, especially as long as the whole crowd's doing it. What if it's, <laughs> what if it's like a woo, woo, you're great. Mm, pushing it. You know what? Honestly, I don't have that job anymore. So, uh, But that was just the first thing because then you were like, how'd your band? So you, you were yeah, so, familiar with you, but then you got your band. Ben, for those who don't know, an accomplished <laughs> country musician. <laughs> accomplished. What was the band's name? I like oh, you, how you stretch that. You got, uh, <laughs> hey, not, a lot, not a lot of bands get on late night with uh, true. Greg Ferguson. That is Ferguson. pretty And twice. Twice, <laughs> twice exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unless Craig was really hurting. And I was like, oh my God, nobody wants to come. Uh, no, so that was interesting, man, because um, uh, this will actually segue a little bit into the name of this podcast, Surviving Hollywood Podcast. But, yes. Um, so... What it's called? Yeah. So I threw the guy out. Then the next day, I come into work, and uh, the guy was there. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> had, had, had like had messed up your car. No, no. The executive producer comes up and he goes, "Where are you going to be during the show?" I was like, uh, "I was planning on being where I always am, you know, just kind of like right behind the thing near Crafty." Yeah. He's like, he's like, "I want you to be close to the floor." Nice. Like, okay. So I'm just standing close to the floor. But you knew, you knew. No, because in my head, I was like, maybe, maybe I'm, there's a new thing and I'm going to be like the security, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you know, during the cold open, they're like, all right, come on out. You're going to do this thing. And I was like, what's going on? And I went and stood on this mark and then Craig interrogated me. And then after that, I think he just kind of. So you guys didn't rehearse like, that. I saw that clip. No. We saw the clip. It's a funny bit. Yeah. You both good. good. It's improv. I'm a, I kill improv, guys. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but uh, I destroy it. No, he was awesome. Especially when you play yourself. Exactly. Everybody, if I can just be comfortable and live in my own skin. Everybody can find these clips on YouTube, by the way. Type in Craig Ferguson and try and figure ben out Dukes. the Ben Or Dukes. just, yeah, you can look up because I'm a narcissist, and so they're on my channel as well. Perfect. Hey. That's what we want. That's so what, that's where yeah, so what's your channel? What's your channel? <laughs> Hunt, uh, I think it's YouTube.com slash Ben Dukes. Pretty sure. Um, How'd you get that name? 
Uh, dad, dad got lucky. Just dad kidding. bestowed it on me from Germany when I was born. I meant the YouTube name. Van uh, <laughs> Dukes. Okay. No, he's, <laughs> he wasn't German. He was just in Germany when I was born. I charged out about six weeks early, man. That's how I do things. Um, but so anyway, yeah. So he invited you, me on, and he did all that, and then he uh, discovered you were a singer. Well, they found out somehow. I, I don't know. I think. Oh, he followed me on Twitter. Ooh. Craig, which was awesome. That's yeah. Twitter was is new he, back Is then. he still following you? Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So Craig started following me on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And we started, you know, talking back and forth in the DMs a little bit. Uh, Timer to you, but um, <laughs> so you up? So then, I'm sitting here in Scotland right now, and I'm thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds just like him. <laughs> but he. Uh, then, then they put me in one of the openings, um, playing guitar as a French guitarist, and that was fun. And then it was February of 2012, and I remember this distinctly because I moved out here in January of 2002. Mm-hmm. Right? Ten years later. Ten years in one month, and that's important because everybody kept asking me, how long are you going to give this Hollywood thing? You know, How long are you going to do it if you're not a huge star? And uh, I left acting uh, in the mid-2000s, um, to start pursuing music, to start really going after music, you know, and, or let's be honest, pissing around trying to do music. And then I really started to go after it later in 2011. So, uh, in 2012, in February, he hits me up. Now, if I had agreed with everybody and said, yeah, I'll give it 10 years and then I'll go home and I'll go back to Georgia and I'll live a life and, you know, probably find a a lovely young lady and get married and do all that kind of stuff. And resent her. Resent her forever. Uh, Resent my kids who kept me from living (laughs) my dream. No, if I had done that at 10 years in... You'd be super happy. No. I'm sure. I wouldn't have gotten the call in February. But I was standing there um, outside CBS, and I get this phone call, and I look down, and it's uh, it's the executive producer. And I was like, oh, crap, what's going on with the show? I don't know what's up. Hello? And, uh, And it was actually his assistant. You know, and she's like, hey, Dukes. I said, yeah. She goes, um, Michael had a question for you. I said, what? She goes, do you and your band want to play the show? And I almost fell over. Like, it was just that moment of like, what and you were like, world? no. And my buddy's standing there looking at me. He's like, dude, what's going on? And I, I just, I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, we need you to get us a CD and we'll pick a song and we'll do all this. And I was like, sounds great. I love it. Thank you very much. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And I hung up the phone. And he was like, what's going on? And I was like, Craig just invited me to do the show. And he's like, are you kidding me? I said, yeah. And he goes, what do you got to do? And I said, well, I got to make a CD. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't have any music whatsoever. Uh, Yeah. You know, I had some that we had recorded and put on MySpace. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it's ridiculous, right? I like, I put stuff on MySpace. Was Craig on your topic? That was the hot thing to do back then. Well, it wasn't. It was no longer around at that point, Uh, right? But like, that's all I had done is a buddy of mine had recorded a song that I wrote after my dad died. Mm. And I put it on MySpace, and that thing got played like 20,000 times. And then I shot a stupid like video with a Sony Handycam <laughs> and sent it to GAC, and it got played on GAC. Whoa. Uh, right? Crazy, which is Great American Country for anybody who doesn't know. It's, um, of course, like CMT competition. But anyway, it got played on that. And that was when I was like, oh, I should just do music instead of acting. Let me go to music. And that had been in uh, 2007. So Whoa. that's why I started doing music, and that hadn't really gone anywhere until this moment. So did you just bang out like a whole album like really fast? We, we did, did a, we do? did a six song EP in a weekend. Wow. So when you performed, that was your band or you just hired those guys to play with you? Those guys were guys that were from the local country music scene. So I played around in bars and things like that, but I just didn't have an album. I would go and do open mic nights and, and play, uh, you know, my own nights just as a singer songwriter. 
but I didn't have a constant band. Were you nervous when you went on Craig Ferguson and performed? I'll tell you what, it was awesome. Um, no, I wasn't. A little. No, I wasn't, and here's why. Because I got there that day, and I probably I was a little kind of like, oh my God, this, is, this thing is awesome, this is going to happen. And by the way, in that moment, you have all these things in your head like, I'm a star now, yeah, this, this, this is going to happen, yeah. this is going to kick it off. And apparently, that's not how it works. But in my head, it was like, I am now going to be a star. This is awesome. Yeah. I think anybody... I would have thought that too. Anybody yeah. who performs on a late night show, I just figure they made it. Right. Well, <laughs> Or they're already like known. Yeah. Like it's like already like a thing. Right. If yeah. this was Carson, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so uh, I get there and I get to the dressing room and there's a mug in there uh, from Craig Ferguson, you know, Craig Ferguson show mug or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I spin it around and there's a note from Craig. Dukes. Don't fuck it up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's awesome. That's cool. And so right then, like that's all the nerves are gone because you yeah. just got this, because it feels peer to peer. It feels like this yeah. guy validated me. Yeah, Here's the yeah. respect. You know, I'm not just tossing this to some cat. Right. I think your music's good. He wouldn't I have like asked it. you if he didn't believe in it. Exactly. And then yeah. he asked me back, which was the most amazing thing. You know, a year later, I'm playing the show again. And it's like, this guy, he, he digs what I do. And he thinks, I mean, when he introduced me, uh, he said he called me a spectacular American artist, and I was like, "Yeah, that's what I am, and that's why I came here." And it, that is yeah. that thing, you know, that is that validation. So after you played the show, what, what kind of response did you get? Did you were I mean, because you like just like you said, and I thought too, like boom, that's going to elevate your right. career. Well, here's, well, here's what's funny: I was homeless at the time. Wow! So that's I mean, your car? Huh? I don't know, I don't know if it's funny. funny? Where, where were you living? I was I was living uh, in and out of my truck. Uh, I had now I had a good job. I had a decent job or a, a good job that, that paid me well enough to survive. And I could have had an apartment. But if you rewind about six months back, I made a decision um, that I was going to stop spending extraneous money on anything other than stuff that was going to propel my career forward. And I broke up with a girlfriend that I was with at the time. And so in that moment, I was like, well, I don't want to pay rent for this apartment that's way up in Van Nuys. So I just moved out of that apartment, stopped paying rent, and I said, I'm going to take all the money that I would pay on rent, put it into rehearsal studio time, put it into you know instruments and other things, and develop my music. And a few months later, I'm playing Craig Ferguson. Crazy right. commitment, because I would think yeah. a place to live is a necessity. Yeah, you would yeah. think that. And and I had, but <laughs> what I did was I had enough friends. You've obviously never lived in a van, dude. Down by the river? Yeah. Luckily, luckily <laughs> at that point, I've been living here nine, 10 years. So I had enough friends that I could be like, hey, do you mind if I crash you know, at your place tonight? And I would never stay longer than two nights. And so Perfect. I had a I had a twenty four hour fitness like lifetime membership. Free because, showers, dude. Yeah. Lifetime? Right? Well You signed up early then. I signed up I signed up in like two thousand four and bought three years and then after that it was forty nine dollars a year. So I was like, Great, no problem. Damn, that's super. So people pay a month now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was a year. People pay that a month and they still have the annual fee of forty nine a year. So you just had the annual. Thing. Yeah, I, well, well, it's now gone because I forgot to uh, change yep. my debit card when my debit card oh, number so changed. Didn't deduct it. That's what they count on. They didn't deduct it, and they canceled my plan. I was like, no, no, I'll pay it right now. And they're like, like sorry, no, nah, you got to go on a new plan. Yeah. So I don't have that anymore. But that was how I worked it out. I would you know go around to friends' places, and then I would you know go to work out. I would shower there and um, do all that kind of stuff. So the night that my show aired, I was actually just sitting in an office at work by myself, watching the show on TV. And it was a weird thing because it was like, it was a moment of, holy crap, this is just cool validation going on. And people are pinging me on Facebook and people are texting me and, oh my God, you've made it. And I was sitting in this it's room true. going, 
this is about as lonely as I could be. Ah, <laughs> like it was so weird. That's crazy. It was such a weird moment. But yeah, but then then you know some things started selling, and I started putting myself out there to festivals, and I got in South by Southwest and Texas Country Fest and a couple other festivals. We went on tour, and we did an album, and you know all that kind of stuff. So it it did lead to some cool stuff, and and because of all that, I was like, hey, I've got some time. Why don't I start acting again? And I did Sons of Anarchy, and then I took a photo of myself, and while I was at Sons of Anarchy, because I looked particularly rednecky, and I submitted that self-submitted to Days of Our Lives for this uh, uh, backwoods, you know, local was the name of the role. Perfect for you. <laughs> Called me in, got it, you know, and so immediately I'm booking, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and uh, ended up talking to a manager that I had met a few years before and said, hey, I'm restarting my acting career would you ever be interested in working with me? She's like, I've been wanting to work with you for years. Still with her? Whatever. Still with her now. Absolutely. Nice. Bohemia Group. Love them. Did Susan you, uh, Ferris. Did you ever uh, hit up, like, I forget what year he retired, but did you ever, like, did Craig Ferguson keep up? Because he had the radio show on Sirius for a while, or XM or something. And he's, he's doing uh, the Hobo Fabulous tour right now. And, uh, Is that a comedy cool. tour? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand-up. He's a really funny stand-up. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't I, keep up. I wish we did. Uh, I, I talked to some people that are still in his circle, but, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, once you were touring, I feel like, oh, he would definitely want you back. Well, he did. He invited me back. I I came back right after my tour and played the show again. And and that was uh, a lot of fun. And then they actually actually had me do a a host a test episode of that show when they switched the stages because they they moved from one stage to another. Host? You were the the host. host. I was the host of the Late Late Show. It's crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Talk to the skeleton? I did. (laughs) Do you you think the takeaway for the folks at home who want to... Do what you did. And, <laughs> no, but seriously, do you think is it slide is it, bass backwards into a late <laughs> night appearance? Well, is, is, throw people out of place. Is the That's key the Hollywood dream? Is the key not to give up, or is the key to like keep adapting? Which I feel like you did as well. Well, I did keep adapting, but here's like honestly, if if it's like let's drop some nuggets, uh, tips and tricks. You know, it's not even like for me, it's not even tips and tricks. It's really develop a skill set and go for it because none of this happened until the. Hilariously enough, I didn't get on the voice and I felt like I didn't get on the voice for one of two reasons. A, I either wasn't prepared enough with my music or B, my story sucked. They've never had a star, so no big deal. It doesn't matter. It's a great show. I love everybody on that show. I worked on 16 seasons of it, so I love those people. Um, But I didn't get on. I was trying. And then and it was after that, like I came home and I thought I'm just not doing enough to try to move myself forward in my career. I'm going to stop doing all the other stuff, the superfluous stuff and really work on my skill set and work on my, and that's, and at the time that was music and I did. And six months later I was invited on a late night show. Now that's not going to happen for everybody because it's a, there's a wonderful um, selection of, of, uh, of accidental goodness that happened to me that just happened to be at the right place at the right time and do the thing that I was supposed to do. And it was funny and as a result, I endeared myself to the host of the show, and then the host of the show liked my music and gave me a, a shot. And let me just say for the people who don't remember, Craig Ferguson at that time was one of the best late-night shows. Letterman was good, but he was kind of like getting ready for retirement. Leno, nothing. Like, he would improv his whole opening monologue. Craig Ferguson was hot. It was fresh. It was good. It was new. <laughs> I think I think he was one of the best. Dude, I loved him. He was, he was the... And, and from having the opportunity to sit in his chair and try to do his job... It's hard. Kind of the job that you guys do... Uh, interviewing people and being funny with it and being able to, it's, he it's kept it conversational. Ext- always good. kept it going. 
he would take the, he would, he would learn whatever notes or he would, they would give him notes about each guest and he would tear them up, and throw them away. And like, wow. we're just going to talk about whatever we talk about. Yeah. And it would always be great. And he was, it was truly incredible to watch the man work in that space. And then it was amazing what he gave me. So, but yeah, my, my thing is work at your skills and don't, don't think, oh, I have to meet this person and I have to meet that person and I need to go to these parties and I need to do all that. Yes, all of that will help, but do it the right way. I've met more people in the last two years just being in the acting realm and pushing my, my work and my talent and going out and, and being involved at our union. There's so much stuff that our union offers. There's so many casting directors that come in that give speeches and, and you can sit and talk to, or there's classes you can go to at the conservatory where you can meet working professionals out there in the world. There's, I, I did a, um, a table read the other day because of, uh, my connection now to the conservatory and everything with, uh, some people that are developing a, a show that I hope to God it gets made. But I sat in the, you know, at the writer's guild foundation in their library, just surrounded by all these beautiful scripts of all the shows for all the years and was exposed to a couple of different writers that were there and a couple of different producers and stuff. And they were exposed to my work. It's not, we were at the same party and I drank a, you know, I gave a guy a Tom Collins and he was really impressed by that. You More know, of an old fashioned type. Yeah. Of. Well, I'm not trying to impress you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, that's my big takeaway is do the work, keep working on the work. And, and, you know, you guys, um, I don't know. Can keep trusting. Keep trusting in the process. You never know what it's going to be. You guys are are you know further ahead in your short time here than I am in my long time here in a number of ways. I wish I worked with Renee <laughs> Zellweger, but and I've done you, some cool will. things. I was spoiled. The first big movie I worked on when I got here was Lady Killers with the Coen Brothers and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. I love that. Oh, movie. that one. Oh, it's a good you movie. Loved it. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a I weird, l- quirky, weird. I liked just, it, but yeah. it was kind of. I liked it. Yeah. I don't remember I enjoyed, ben. I enjoyed watching. Was, it, uh, I Marlon ben. Wayans in that too. Yeah, yeah. I got spoiled immediately. It was a remake. That was in my. That was what my second year here, 2003, I think. And I'm like every day going into work, watching the best people doing this job. True. I've never been on a set that functions more smoothly than that set. Uh, you could get the sides in the morning, read the sides, look at the the storyboards, and you've already seen the movie. Like the story, they they match their shots so closely to the storyboards, and then you go in there and they set the shots, and they do them, and you're done every single day at the same time. You did tell us off mic though that Tom Hanks was a real asshole. <laughs> I did not tell you that. As a matter of fact, Tom Hanks on the very first he, day of he shooting, he said he phoned it in. Yeah, right. <laughs> very first day of shooting, he walked over to me and he's like, "Hi, I'm Tom," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> okay. And he goes, "Well, I just thought you know we're going to work together for a few months, so we should know each other." I goes, "Well." Hi, Tom. I'm Ben, you know, and shook his hand. But every time I saw him, he was really cool. He was really friendly. He bought us all. He, he bought uh, a coffee bean truck to come to the, the set like nice. twice a week. He bought lottery tickets for everybody on the crew. Lottery. Anybody win? <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, you win like five bucks every now and then. But yeah. like, it's just a cool thing. You show up, that sign cool. in. Here's your ticket. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Very and nice. then And then uh, I saw him one day and my buddy that was crashing on my couch at the time was like, hey, when I, I left for work at five in the morning, you know, and he's like, tell Tom I said, hey, I said, okay. I go to set that day. I go to Crafty. Tom's standing there. And I go, uh, I go, Tom. He goes, hey, Ben, what's up? I said, well, uh, my friend Matt says hello. And he just kind of looked puzzled. And I go, you don't know Matt. He's uh, my roommate sleeping on the couch. Just wanted me to say hello. And he goes, you tell Matt 
And I said hello right back with all the gusto I could muster. Uh, <laughs> all right. That sounds like a classic Tom Hanks. Dude, it was, it was just awesome. And then what was like, Matt's message back to Tom? The next Matt did not send a message, but when I told him that, when I got home at like 6 o'clock and he was still on the couch, he, okay. I told him that, and he got up and sprinted around the block with his hands in the air, excited <laughs> that for one brief moment in history, Tom Hanks was thinking about him. Tom Hanks is the man. Dude, Dude Tom, so great. many good movies. Love him. Classic, man. Classic. Dude, how come you don't do the, obviously, dude, you're booking so much more than 2012 pre-Craig Ferguson, but how come you don't do the music and the acting? Um, well, for me, uh, I still write, you know, and I still sing, uh, send songs to Nashville to see if I can get anything cut by, by anybody, but I... You just address the envelopes to Nashville. Yeah, I just go Nashville. <laughs> okay. Just general. Yeah, and just you slap the zip code on there and write Nashville, <laughs> yeah, and then you just send like, it off. Eh, I must be another dreamer. I send it to Nashville at Nashville.com, actually. Uh, <laughs> but... No, that life, the touring, you know, the music touring life, it's not the life I want. You know, I've got friends that do that, and God bless them. They're road warriors, and they're on the road 200 days a year, and they play tons of dates at great venues and everything, which is amazing. It's just not, as I started to do it, I was like, it's not really the life I want. I enjoy writing. I enjoy singing. I enjoy performing. But in order to build myself up to a place where it'd be like, yeah, I'm selling out stadiums and stuff like that. That's just not the life that I want to live. It's not, it's, it's not for me. Acting is my thing. I've always loved it since I was a little kid. And, um, what do you really want to do? Like, what's like the ultimate goal for you? Play a for, musician. Ben, for Ben Dukes. Play Honestly, <laughs> if, I mean, this is going to sound kind of odd, but like if, if I were a, long-standing character on a Star Trek series, mm. that would be like a literally a dream. I mean, it's not even like, it's literally a dream come true. They're rebooting I, Picard. I know they are. Yeah. I know they are, and I wanted very badly to be a part of it, and I know some things that happened, you know, some of the some of the things around that story that I would love to have been a part of. I'm not. Who knows? Maybe I'll get on the show at some point. Probably get an, couldn't get an audition. I could see you being a character on there. Yeah, who knows? Awesome. You know, I would even shave for that. I would take Ooh. the beard off. So you're, big, you're a big Trekkie, huh? Yeah, man, I grew up, uh, my dad was big into Star Trek, and um, we started watching The Next Generation together, and so yeah, my whole... I used to watch that. Yeah, my youth was like watching The Next Generation with my dad, yeah. which was awesome. And like he, I remember Cytrek, uh, at Cytrek in Atlanta, this Star Trek um, exhibit came through once, and my dad was really excited we went there, you know, and they had the bridge of the Enterprise D, which was the Next Generation bridge, and you could sit there, and you could, like, plot a course, and you could fire the phasers, and it was just one of those things where I was completely immersed in this world that didn't exist, and that's just like acting to me, right? It's like that's, I enjoy pretending, I enjoy living in a world of fantasy, and that, um, that was imprinted so hard on me, and it was a thing that me and my dad did together, and if you know me and you know the connection that I had with my father... Um, and how much I just adore him for who he was, uh, you can, th that picture starts to come clear as to why that meant so much to me. But when I was 13 years old, I ran an international Star Trek fan club. Nerd. And I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, major nerd. And I wrote uh, an episode of The Next Generation nice. and sent it to the president of Paramount and to all of the main cast. And they made it. They did not. And you still haven't got a nickel. Uh, they did not, but strangely, some of the elements of that show did show up in later episodes. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was very poorly written. I've looked at it again recently. <laughs> yeah. And somewhere halfway through the script, for some reason, I was writing it on WordPerfect, and somewhere halfway through the script, WordPerfect font changed. 
I don't know why it went from Courier to like Times New Roman, and it's all should have wrote it all in uh, Wingdings. I should have written in Wingdings. <laughs> it would have been like this guy is impressive. Guy Lock is, him up. Yes. <laughs> Put him in a padded room. Aaron and I auditioned for Picard. Did not hear anything back. But we were on hold. You guys yeah. auditioned to be Picard? Yeah. They said they're actually going with the main guy. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're going to go with Patrick Stewart. They're yeah, like, yeah. well, he's kind of an established. No, I love they put the Pitbull in the show. I'm like, yes. Really? Yeah. You like Pitbull? Wait, Pitbull's in the show? No, the Pitbull. He has a Pitbull in the show. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the music artist. No. I'm like, Aaron, what? We were Star Wars people, Aaron and I. Okay. That's cool. My brother's so a I, That's why we don't know that. Did the neck crack get on the mic? That's <laughs> I, <think laughs> I, I heard it. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars is cool. Whatever. No, Star Trek is good. I like them both. You just I, like, you were clenching your fists as you said Star Wars is cool. Yeah, no, it's fine. Oh, no, no, I, 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 I actually they I actually, ruined it with the reboots. I actually stood up and uh, stood up and cheered in the theater when we first saw Yoda jump around like a little maniac. And the prequels, yeah, that was cool. That was, that was a highlight of the prequels. I didn't love the prequels. It was I loved when Yoda, Yoda went fighting nuts. Was I was like, that's incredible. That, that, that I stood really up and um, okay. Oh, I love it. But and yes. then if some guy came over like, sir, you got to leave. That's yeah. one strike. You're gone. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's one. You got to go. <laughs> You're disturbing the movie. You're disturbing the <laughs> oh, I was a jerk. Well, one day, dude. I mean, you got the Star Trek Discovery, right? That's an all-access show. Yeah, Discovery's out there and Picard's out Picard's there. Picard's out there. The Orville? Is that going to be good enough if you get that? Uh, I mean... It, that, if I got a, if I was on the Orville, that'd be amazing. You tolerate it's an incredible it. show. You, you tolerate no, it's not tolerated. There's a number of shows I would love to do. I would love to be on for the entire series. Any There's network tons show. of movies I yeah, would love fun. to do. Um, there's a movie I'm writing that I would love to be in. That would be amazing if I could pull that off. The Rock, give, the us Rocky. The, give us the logline. The logline of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not for you, buddy. Yeah, hey. No, I, I don't have a logline for the film yet. Uh, but Sometimes the, on this podcast, we do a little game called Movie Pitch. Yeah. So here's your opportunity. Oh, great. Um, so <laughs> Produce uh, it, stream it illegally, or watch it. Yeah. All right. Legally. Sure. Uh, legally. And then and Johnny's going to pitch one after. No, I don't have great. one. On a, uh, on a frontier planet, many, many light years from Earth, a bit of a drifter cowboy type uh, becomes a hero by saving a number of slaves and foiling a nefarious plot. Sounds like the logland of Star Trek. I'd watch it's it. Not Star Trek <laughs> saving the whales. It's a it's a it's a um, space comedy western. Is uh, what space I'm balls I, meets look, Blazing Saddles. If you ever compare me to Mel Brooks and I can even <laughs> stay in that fight, oh my god, that would be a blessing. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a fun story so far, and as I'm writing it and starting to even to get the get to know the characters a little better, it's it's evolving. And just because you're putting it out in the ether, who would be the leading lady? Like, if you had to pick an actress right now. Oh, God. The leading lady in this. Um, a what or, type? Or leading anybody. Who would lead? Renee Wells. Renee <laughs> no, it's almost, no it's almost a Zoe Saldana type. Ooh. Like, nice. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. The lead, the lead, of, the, the lead of the story is probably um, a Native American type. Don't have a person Ooh. in How are you going to play yet? it? I'm not. I'm the second lead. Oh, okay. Who is the uh, kind of the mentor? Mm. I'm gonna put it out there right now. I'm gonna, I'll produce it. I'm producing. Whoa. I like it. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? You guys hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come in as the producer. Ah, see. All right, we're getting this thing made. There tell, you go. Tell me when you get Zoe. I'll take her. Anyways. <laughs> All right, Ben. Yep. Let's give the audience a call to action. Where yeah. can they find you? Where can they follow Stock you? Stalk you. Oh, where can they stalk me? What's your MySpace? And your address. And my MySpace. Um, stalk me at Ben Dukes on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, on Facebook, 
It's like facebook.com slash real Ben Dukes because some guy out there that has my name just grabbed it and never used it. I saw him on Catfish. I tell you. Didn't have a beard, though. <laughs> Didn't have it. And what's your Venmo? <laughs> I think it's Ben underscore Dukes. Anybody right. who sends him a dollar, that'd be something. Yeah. Eight years ago, this man was homeless. Can you not send him a dollar? <laughs> that was seven. Seven years ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, no, eight, yeah, eight, eight, nine, yeah. I know That's you better right. than you. You do. All right. I love it, man. Thank yeah. you for coming. Thank you guys for having me. It, it was really a pleasure, man. This was awesome. Fun. Yeah. Let's, Best we got to finish the bottle, though. Oh, okay. for, that's for the next pot. Right. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. cheers, cheers, All cheers. Right, one more. Salud. And hey, drink up at home. Thank you guys for watching. There you go. Like and subscribe.